guys, we got two drinks in our hands. This is the Ooh. Super Soda Bros podcast, another Fire Studios production, and a News Fanatics production. Two productions. Who would have known? I am, who would have known? Who would have known? I am one of your hosts, Caleb. And I'm one of your other hosts, Luke. <gasps> Hello, Luke. How are you today? Hello. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we have very different drink choices. I have water. And you have, what is that, yingling? F- fermented water. Ooh. Dude, it's so funny. We uh, we just got bottles of yingling the other day, which is the first time really? we've had it in a couple months, maybe like six months since we've had yingling. Hmm. We have to import ours. Ooh, it's so sad. It's almost like Pittsburgh is the capital of yingling. <laughs> <laughs> but also in, in this glass, which is very um, nondescript, it's a, it's a Polish mug handcrafted um it actually has um evan williams honey whiskey in it you're classy drinking whiskey out of a coffee mug uh-huh. just like them cowboys let me just pinky up do you not have any like glass whiskey glasses not clean oh my goodness that's how much whiskey we've been drinking <laughs> I, I we've gotten a lot we've gotten a lot better with drinking less whiskey it's dangerous dude yeah, but it's good. It's very tasty. It's but good show, good good soup. I got Canadian whiskey um the other day. Was it? Did I get Canadian whiskey? No. Hold on. When we visited you guys and we bought a whole bunch, do you remember me buying Canadian whiskey, or did I buy the Canadian whiskey here? I don't remember. I know that we got you like New Hampshire whiskey or something. Yeah, you got me peanut butter whiskey. Or you showed us peanut butter yeah. whiskey. Yeah. Yeah, we still have that. So I, I must have bought the Canadian whiskey here. But that stuff, it's not, like, high quality, obviously. It comes in a plastic tub. <laughs> but it's still tasty. It, it's still yum. Oh, imagine, like, a um, like a peanut butter whiskey with, like, a, like, a, like, a, like a chocolate something. Like a chocolate liqueur or, like, a chocolate Baileys or something. Mm. Or, what if you had, like, a stout with the peanut butter whiskey? So you would, like, drink the stout, and then you would do a chaser of whiskey. Isn't that basically in, like, an Irish car bomb? You know what? It is. It is, but it's just separated. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same thing, but... Wait a minute. We don't want to be Joe. We don't, we don't want to be Joe Biden. Sir. We're talking about alcohol. Listen, we're talking about alcohol. Gee, Louise. Oh, Come on now. I'm, What's going on? I mean, that's crazy. It's crazy. Now. What, what kind of a world do we live in right now? Biden's America. <laughs> no. What? What? Um, there, it's like there's a there's a podcast I listen to where they do a, a This Week in Biden segment. Where oh any interview or TV related thing that Biden's in, he, like he he messes up or says something wrong, and obviously that segment is just a poke fun of what he said for that week. Um, so I enjoy listening to those a lot. But come on, man! Quickly, did you see his most most recent gaffe? He said, uh, well, "The one about the definition of America." Oh, um, I I think I heard it, but I don't remember the specifics. America can be described as one word. And that's it. <laughs> I'm like, oh, my. oh no. 
No, uh, did he go like blah, 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 and then he continued to define it using many many words and other definitions? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it just the clip stopped there. Goes Ebba. <laughs> anyway, this is funny. this is not the political podcast. No, you can go watch someone else for that. Which is like comedy wherever it may lie. Um, so politics, politics in general is pretty funny. It's a good show. Yeah. So good TV. So getting into this episode, just straight up. Uh, we kind of touched on this last episode, but we wanted to talk about um, favorite trilogies of movies of all time. And so I think we decided we're doing three trilogies each, but one of them is going to overlap for obvious reasons that you'll see later. Because we're biased. Yeah, well, I mean, a little bit. But a little bit. It's <laughs> like, little. But, it's, but it's a pretty good one. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll start with my first one. So I wanted to talk about the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy. Um, one of the best superhero movie trilogies of all time. Um, and not, not even just trilogy, like you, but you don't have to define it as a trilogy, but just series of movies. Because obviously there's like there's three original Spider-Man movies. There's three new Spider-Man movies. You know. Amazing Spider-Man had two, which, mm-hmm. I mean, those were not great movies by any stretch of the imagination. And there's, like, random Marvel heroes that have a trilogy of movies. Threes, yeah. 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 So, uh, but I th- I think that, well, per- personally speaking, I think that Christopher Nolan's Batman wipes all the other trilogies out of the water. Because um, think about the very first one, Batman Begins. Like, we, mm-hmm. we hadn't really seen a dark superhero movie before that i mean it's not really a dark but darker than what's been out there yeah it has dark themes but but yeah Yeah. and also like we got to see batman's origin story kind of and how he kind of takes on that role for himself um and then just the two movies straight after with heath ledger's joker which is one of the best villains of all time in cinema history um, and then the last batman movie was epic in its own way it had a ton of which is called the Dark Knight Rises. The I, I just forgot the name. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, excuse me, sir, sir. I, I was like, it's the Dark Knight something, but I was like, uh. <laughs> the Dark Knight takes a fat dump <laughs> <laughs> on Johnny Depp's bed. <laughs> Ooh, call back. <laughs> That's something that people are gonna look at in like twenty years and be like, what? <laughs> really? Um, no, but yeah, it's so like. That last movie was great in its own way. It had a ton of characters in it, but it just didn't come close to the first two, in my opinion. Um, but, Luke, what do you think of the Batman movies? I am definitely a huge fan of them. Um, funny enough, they were... That was going to be my third pick as well for a trilogy. I was kind of like on the bubble of, with it. And then once you messaged me, I was like, hey, this is my number three. I'm like, yeah, I think I have a new number three. Because they, they were kind of like equal, where like they're both solid trilogies. I will talk about mine in a second. Um but for the Batman movies, I 100% agree with you where they were the first series of, of the superhero genre to really tie in, like, a darker theme to them. And like you said, them picking out, you know, Christian Bale to play Bruce Wayne slash Batman. Spoiler alert. Um, they, I think they chose a great, great actor to play such a person because sometimes, like, you can really screw up, like, who you cast to play a certain role. And sometimes that really defines a character. Yeah. Um, not, I'm not going to mention names of other superheroes, but we're just going to continue. But I think that just how Christopher Nolan 
was able to direct these movies and be like, here's like what here's my goal of what I'm trying to do with these characters to kind of shape the DC universe a little bit. And granted, the DC movie universe is not very good. No. And everyone looks to this Batman trilogy as like the DC movies, you know, as of just recently with the Batman with Robert Pattinson. Right. So. And like they're like same thing with Robert Pattinson. These original Batman movies are not part of like the DC universe that kind of came along later with Man of Steel um, as the kind of origin for it. Um, but going back to what you're saying about casting, like I think Christian Bale is an incredible actor to portray Batman and Bruce Wayne at the same time. But a little bit of trivia, the actor that plays Scarecrow in the first movie, Batman Begins, um, the actor's name is Cillian Murphy. You might have seen him in, um, what's that show called? Like the the, the crime drama one. Which oh, Christine's friend literally just said to go watch it. Um takes place in britain yeah um, what's it called i watched the first episode not too not too long peaky blinders peaky blinders yeah that's the one so, yeah yeah so cillian murphy plays the main guy in that so actually before christian bale got hired cillian murphy actually auditioned to play the role of batman i kind of could have seen that because he reminds me a lot of robert pattison where it's like that younger bruce wayne but like kind of a little bit more on like the goth side of it I guess yeah. I could see him play more of a goth Bruce Wayne and Batman yeah there's a couple like screen tests where he was auditioning and kind of just obviously just saying lines and so I thought he would have been good I thought he would have been a good Batman if they didn't get Christian yeah. Bale but obviously Christian Bale got the part well deserved and they put Cillian Murphy as one of the villains for that first movie so I think that was pretty good um, yeah. but I think I've watched Batman Begins the most out of that trilogy I, I want to say I've seen Dark Knight Rises only twice in my life um but that still shouldn't take away from the fact that i think it's part of a trilogy which is just amazing oh yeah 100 percent. even for the actors that they played for like you know other people like commissioner gordon being um gary oldman gary oldman and the same with michael kane being alfred just really solid roles to intertwine those characters michael kane really michael kane's alfred is like hands down the best alfred Andy Serkis is pretty good, but I don't think he had a strong enough role in the Batman. Yeah, I think we, do, so we, need, I, we definitely need to see more of him and how he, yeah. he is with Robert Pattinson. Yeah, but I definitely like Michael Caine a lot as Alfred because he's got like that grandpa feel to him mm -hmm. where he's kind of like, Master Wayne, stop scaring the bats, won't you? <laughs> <laughs> but he, he didn't say that, but you know what I mean, where he just has like that butler feel to him. Yeah, yeah. And, and, like, talking about the villains really briefly, because we got to get onto some of the other um, uh, movies, but, I mean, with the first movie, we got Ra's al Ghul, Scarecrow. The second one, we got Joker. Was there anyone else in the second one? Or is it just Joker? I'm drawing a blank. I think it was just Joker. Two-Face, Two-Face, Two-Face. That's right, Harvey Dent, Two-Face. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, he was kind of more like an anti-hero. I, I don't think he was necessarily and he also didn't. Yeah, he was He was kind of anti-hero-ish. Because he wanted, and then, he wanted like, revenge, kind of. Like, he wanted to fix things, but he wasn't, like, murdering people straight up. Yeah. He always left it up to chance, which I think is part of his... Anti-hero. Yeah. yeah. And then Dark Knight Rises had Cat, um, yeah, Catwoman and Bane. Mm-hmm. I feel like there was also someone else who was really small. I couldn't tell you. Someone else. I've only seen Dark Knight Rises twice. Yeah, yeah. 
but <laughs> it's so funny. I uh, there's a lot of like really iconic moments from that trilogy, but told as skits from comedy, uh, from the comedy sketch group uh, College Humor. Like oh, ba- yep. Batman chooses his voice, the Riddler, um, the, Rid- the the Riddler joke, and then uh, the Penguin one is my one of my all time favorites. My favorite one is still the Batman finds his voice because I still use that reference all the time. Where it's like, <laughs> where he's going through the, my favorite one's the Spanish one. He goes, "Donde están los drogas?" <laughs> I say that all the time. Or answer me, hobbitses. <laughs> That's probably my favorite one of the the college humor sketches. Oh, I'll put it. I'll, I'll, you... I'll put in that clip here. <laughs> Can I please show you another one? Sure. Where were the other drugs going? <laughs> face. Malkovich. Yeah. He's scary. He's like, I'm better. I'm stronger. I'm Batman. No, no, it, it's totally wrong. Where were the other drugs going, huh? I was just scared. Why? Why Pacino? Maybe I am Al Pacino. You don't know. What's he do at night, huh? I cry. Not a Batman. Hello, Govna. Where were the drugs going? You're representing Gotham. I wouldn't I wouldn't go British. Hey, how you doing? Where were the other drugs going, huh? It's not good. Hey! Where were the drugs going? Where were the other drugs going? Where were the other drugs going? Yeah. Where were the other drugs going? The silly, silly drugs. Where are they? Where, where were the drugs? Yeah. <laughs> Supposed to be Dustin Hoffman. But I've literally used those those voices like all the time, and it's like a ten year old video at least. Oh yeah, it's ancient. But yeah, good. Very, I I definitely agree with you there that that's a very good trilogy. All right, what you got? What you got? So I picked this trilogy. Um, was my number three. Um. Because you picked Batman, I'm like, yeah, this one's like a close. Since you said Batman, I'm like, okay, this one, solid equal. And the reason why it's my number three is because each movie is, first of all, very good. Um, no complaints about any three of these movies. And the the, like I said, the casting for these movies was like spot on, and just how they portrayed the movies was really well done because it's never done been done before. And my number three. Pirates of the Caribbean. Yo, let's go! We recently saw these um, back in November, December, and like when we watched them, I was like, "Yeah, these are definitely top tier, like definitely a top tier trilogy." And I do not count uh, movies four and five because those actually sucked. Trash. Um, but the first three are so well done with how they portray the story of you know. Jack Sparrow, Orlando Bloom, and Johnny Depp, and 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 Jeffrey Rush, as a whole story arc line in those three movies, especially with two and three, really kind of sort of being one really really long movie because they like start and stop at like the same exact time, so it just kind of continues. Um, but even as the first movie, the first movie alone is an amazing standalone. Like you can watch that and be like, "This was awesome," and then they're like, "Oh." Here's number two, and oh, you want number three? Here you go. So each three of those movies, I think they did an extremely good job because there have, like I said before, there haven't really been any good 15th, 16th century movies to begin with. Yeah, there's only so, there's only really a handful. I mean, you have Mel Gibson's The Patriot, 
Um, there's a couple Master th- Commander. Master Commander. There's a couple Civil War movies that are really really good. But there's really not a lot because it's hard to grab the attention of that entire era mm-hmm. nowadays because people are just like focusing on current stuff usually. So and, and like especially because like those other movies are much more serious. But Pirates of the Caribbean is like a very fun. Obviously, exactly. produced by Disney, so they can't get things, like, too crazy, but they can still, like, show, show like, skeletons and, like, tentacles being chopped off from squids yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. But, yeah, just for me, it, I have not really too much bad to say about that trilogy, and I think having Johnny Depp, even what he's going through right now, having Johnny Depp as, like captain jack sparrow is one of the most iconic disney characters i think of all time. 100%. Like, i totally agree like, with you me. think like you think johnny depp you instantly go to captain jack sparrow you think of pirates of the caribbean you think of johnny depp and captain jack sparrow because great actor great character and how he like i said casting how he portrays jack sparrow it's like with like with tony stark and iron man there's no oh, other hey, look, you fro- tony stark and I- you froze a little bit um Okay, just start that thought again. You froze. Am I good now? Yeah. Well, you froze on my end, but I didn't say anything because you froze. Um, but, like, casting where, like, you have Johnny Depp being Captain Jack Sparrow, there's no other character. Kind of like with, you know, granted, you can have multiple Peter Parkers and Spider-Man because now, you know, Marvel Universe. But, like, you cannot have another um, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. Like, there's no other Tony Stark, but right. Robert Downey Jr. So I think that they could have not picked anyone better than him. Yeah. And my opinion, good movies. Really good movies. Pretty good. Very fun. I mean, and we watched them uh, fairly recently, too. Um, and you can kind of look at Pirates 2 and 3 as kind of like a part 1, part 2, like what you were saying, um, along the realm of Harry Potter or The Hunger Games, where mm. technically it's like one story, but it's just kind of split into two halves and each movie kind of stands stands out on its own but obviously they're meant to be watched together um and but yeah no but just going back to that first movie like you could just you could show someone parts of the caribbean one and just leave them like they'll have a totally perfect fine experience it it ends great like obviously it's it it doesn't really set things up clearly for the next movies, but you can like tra- yeah. you can transition very easily. So it's not even a big deal at all. And then and then uh, two and three is when like it's like okay, like this can be like a franchise a little bit. Yeah. And granted, it still has that charm, but it also still has that like inner like structure of like it being like an extremely good movie where they take a story and just elongate it just a little bit more. I, I still think it's so funny that um, there was a ride, like a roller coaster called Pirates of the Caribbean, and Disney was like, what if we turn this into a movie? And then, boom, money. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then the, and then uh, Johnny Depp was like, like, I think it was the first week Pirates of the Caribbean came out. He actually went inside the ride, because I, I, I've been on that ride, and it's super cool. He pretended to be one of the animatronics, and he would like like pretend to be an animatronic and then he'd go to the boat and be like I've asked me mateys how's it going or whatever so and like, cool. ah, freak out and stuff and I thought that was really cool of him to like go out of his way to like pretend to be someone that reminds me I, I can't I don't know if it was Tom Holland or another superhero but like they had their full costume on where like you couldn't see their face or anything 
and they'd pose with fans at Disney World, and then, like, at the very end of them taking pictures and everything like that, they would take off the mask, and it'd be, like, the actual person, and everyone's like, what the heck? <laughs> yeah. I, I love it when, like, because that's the thing, is, like, there's a lot of actors and actresses out there who aren't, don't have that, like, human connection, where they, like, they don't, like, a lot of people don't portray them as, like, other humans. They just, they look up to them as celebrities and idols and like, like, Brad Pitt, for example, where, like, exactly. he's untouchable, but, like, you, you can never, you, like, you don't imagine him, like, talking with fans casually or just... Or, yeah, being human. Yeah, exactly. These guys don't, like, a lot of celebrities fall into the category of, like, they stay in the celebrity circle mm-hmm. or whatever, whereas when someone, like, kind of sort of breaks the celebrity character and just talks with someone or like like someone yells something at them like ah back to them or whatever mm-hmm. that's when it's like yeah and then that's when you have that extra connection which is probably why it's a lot of actors and actresses out there who like people love more because they are relatable yeah just talk about and and it kind of kind of as like a parallel topic like that's why like i'm not a huge radio music kind of guy but like i really love post malone because one he plays magic the gathering and i'm a huge nerd um (laughs) but also he's just such a genuine genuine and kind human being i see tons of videos of him just literally taking time out of his day just to talk to like a random mom and her son and be like super down to earth and like actually take interest on what the mom and son are talking about whether it's like school or whatever postmodern's like oh you know what do you, what do you want to do when you grow up and then talks to them face to face as a person whereas like you know going back to brad pitt you're in a line signing autographs and you're like oh thanks for coming to the show thank oh that's a good dress and then bye, bye. exactly so it's it's that it's that that disconnect between you know exactly the the upper high tier of the social elites and then there's people like post malone or he's a multi-millionaire superstar, and he just is just genuinely awesome. So, yeah. So I think those like those the actors in parts of the Caribbean outside of the movies, they're actually like kind people. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, like there's there's certain celebrities that are kind for press events. Like they'll answer questions like, "What's your favorite kind of ice cream?" and then they answer all giggly, but you know, on the inside, they're like, "Get me out of here! I don't want to talk to these yeah. these people." Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I no, I agree. Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, one, two, and three, just hands down, great movies, great trilogy, and a staple for anyone born in the '80s, '90s, and honestly, 2000s, going back on mm-hmm. it. So. My number two trilogy. I switched this out last minute, and uh, I f- mainly because I just watched them. Uh, it was Maya's first time watching this trilogy all the way through. She's seen bits and pieces, and uh, some of the mu- she's heard some of the music that's in them, but never actually like watched more than like a couple no. couple minutes at a time. No, I'm not, I'm curious. It's a uh, it's it's a movie trilogy from our, ch- our childhood, which we have um, we have deep deep nostalgia just as human beings alive in that era. But my number two trilogy is High School Musical. Come on, man! What? <laughs> really? Oh my goodness, dude! <laughs> get, get 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 with me, man! And because oh, because like before I changed my mind, uh, I was gonna talk about the Planet of the Apes, but then I realized I, I've seen the first Planet of the Apes movie 
probably about like five or six times, but then the other two I've seen once. So I thought, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's a groundbreaking trilogy in terms of CGI and performance capture, especially because Andy Serkis, who plays Gollum and um, Alfred in the newest Batman, he kind of yes. spearheads everything performance capture related with the little dots and CGI. But I was, but I was thought to myself, I'm like, High School Musical, like those those three movies, every single one is iconic. <laughs> they all have their like own persona of like. High School Musical 1 focuses on this. High School Musical 2 focuses on this. High School Musical 3 focuses on this. But at the same time, they're one story, but they're all so different. Right. No, exactly. And, like, each one has its own theme. And you can you can obviously very clearly tell the budget. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, the, the first High School, High School Musical movie was like, ah, here's $20,000 and some, like, no-name actors. Except for, like, I think Ashley Tinsdale, who plays Sharpay, I think she was up and coming but everybody and else Zac was Efron, kind of Zac Efron was also up and coming as well yeah I think that I, I want to say that was his first major role but I don't want to be quoted on that so I might yeah. get that wrong don't quote but like that first movie is like you can tell like the camera quality isn't great like the whole flow of the plot is very like cookie cutter characters in a good way because that's what the movie is there for but then once you get to High School Musical 3 which is the only High School Musical movie to be released in theaters. The other ones were Disney Channel exclusives. That came out in theaters, and it's just the most money thrown into it possible. Mm. But I, but like I, one of the main reasons why I chose this is not because of the acting or for the storylines, because obviously it's a cheesy high school, middle school drama movie. But it's because of the songs. Like every single song is iconic. <clears throat> we're gonna work. Work, work this out, making it try. Oh no! What what about the boys are oh, back? I know. I what? The boys are back. Going the back the same day with the neighborhood. Dude, honestly, oh, the, they're they're bangers. They they are. It's like uh. So I gotta I gotta ask you straight up because everybody might have a different answer. But what is your favorite High School Musical movie? And what's your favorite song? Uh, favorite movie is probably the second one, um, just because I've seen that one the most, and that's when, they, like you said, they got more budget and the acting and everything was just a little bit better than the first one. My favorite song, though, I think the song that I would say that I know the most is Boys Are Back, but my favorite song is probably the one in High School Musical 2 when they're in the kitchen. Um, shoot, I can't remember the name of it. When they're all in the kitchen and they're, like, singing, they're, like, banging pans and pots and pans and stuff and stuff getting thrown around. Yeah. I don't remember the name of it. Let me see if I can check on Spotify real quick. I might it's probably on here. Okay. I just want to make sure I get it right. So while while you're looking that up, uh, I would have to say High School Musical 2 as well um, for the same reason. Uh, I think it has the most cohesive story, like the best character arc where Troy's kind of dealing with this push and pull between, you know, getting money at better and better jobs, but he's being oh, pushed away from his friends. It was Work This Out. Oh, it was? Okay. So Work This Out is really good. Oh my goodness. Uh, High School Musical 2, I think, has the best soundtrack of well. It's got What Time Is It? Fabulous. Work This Out. You Are the Music of Me. I Don't Know. I Don't Dance. Uh, That's the baseball one. I Don't Dance. Yeah. I Know You Can. Not a And chance. then there's Bet On It and All For One. They're all good songs. Oh, well, oh, the one bad song is the Hanapakalupa 
Appa Wa'a. Yeah, that, yeah. That one's yeah. trash. <laughs> but but all, in the movie, it's kind of a joke anyway, so you can kind of, for, you can kind of forgive me. We're breaking three solar and flying. I mean, they, they, there's not a star in heaven that we can't reach. Each movie has its... Each movie's just brilliant. Like... Even High School Musical 3 has a really good soundtrack as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, very highly produced. Like, think of um, Troy's solo song, uh, Scream. Like, where he's, That's a he's, really good one, he's too. He's going through the school, and like the school's twisting around him and everything. And he's shutting lockers and throwing basketballs around. And <laughs> classic. Classic teen angst. <laughs> yeah. But, but, yeah, no. I, I will... I, uh, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I, I definitely agree with you. They're 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 che- very very over the top cheesy, but they are good. But yeah, and also like in the time you can really relate to them because obviously we were in high school and mi- middle school. Actually, honestly, when the when the last one came out, I was only twelve and you were ten, so we were kind of a bit young for everything. But we kind of we but we still understood it because we we're still in that age group of like we understand what is going on, kind of thing. Yeah. And even though Being middle school, yeah, and and we were homeschooled too, so it's not like we had that personal connection with like other friends in school. But I'll, but like they're very teen problems, you know. Yeah. Um. So I just felt like nostalgia. Also, looking back at those movies and watching them as adults, you're just kind of looking back. You're like, oh man, the two thousands were wild. <laughs> <laughs> they were a poppin'. Yeah, l- like look at the outfit choices for some of those characters. It's like yeah, oh. they they don't match at all. No, <laughs> and like, it's so funny. Like some of the outfit choices. Like <laughs> we were watching it, and Maya's like, "Oh yeah, they're gay." Hundred <laughs> <laughs> <100%. laughs> percent. I'm like, but it's just what's a, his face? It's just a hat. Um, um, Ryan Evans, uh, Sharpay's brother. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah, Even yeah. though literally he falls in love with the Kelsey, the piano player mm-hmm. at the in the third movie, he wears the um. Oh, what's the hat that's, that he wears? Uh, a pie hat or something like that. Where it's like the it's, one that has like, like a mini fedora top and it comes down. Like, yeah, mini fedora or something yeah, like that. I think yeah. it's called like a a pop a pop pop pie hat. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't know. But yeah, no, it's just outrageous vests and stuff like that. It's. Quite Lots of bright colors and stripes and mm-hmm. and I was looking up um, I was looking up the different ages of the actors and actresses. Obviously for the first movie because that's the one where they all make the introduction. But the oldest was um, Ashley Tinsdale who plays Sharpay. She was twenty, and the youngest was Corbin Blue who plays Troy's friend Chad with the afro. He was seventeen. No, he was fifteen, I believe. So he was actually accurate. More or less, yeah. <laughs> he was the only one that's accurate. Everyone else was 17. See, that's the thing is that with, also with High School Musical, everybody's about kind of sort of the, the right age, except for High School Musical 3. Um, but as far as High School Musical 1 goes, they're all, like, correct ages. Whereas there's a lot of high school m- movies and TV shows out there and the actors and actresses are, like, in their mid-30s. I'm like... Like, yeah, like uh, to- defi- Tokyo Drift? Remember uh, Tokyo yeah, Drift? Yeah, Tokyo Drift or... Um, I think even in, um, I don't know if it was Stranger Things, or if it was something else, where, like, one of the actors... Oh, it was Grease. What was up with Grease? With, like, John Travolta and stuff. Was they it, were wasn't all he, like, like, 35? They were all, like, 35. And there was one guy who was, like, 40. I'm like, dude, you're not a high schooler, <laughs> creep. <laughs> Yeeks. 
But yeah, I definitely think that, like you said, casting is key. It is. Casting is key. That's and, sometimes what makes a good movie. And that goes for all the great trilogies. I mean, we're about to get into your number two, and then we're going to talk about number one in a second. And it's just good acting all the way through, good choices. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so my second, my number two trilogy, and I have not seen them in a while. Um, it's probably been... Okay, technically it's a trilogy, and it's got a fourth movie that kind of intertwines in real time in the middle of one and two, or one. I can't remember. Okay. Um, I've not seen them in a couple years, but I know they're good movies because I've seen them like seven or eight times each. Um, and we kind of partially kind of grew on grew up on them. Uh, we watched them a lot in middle school and high school. And they star Matt Damon as Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne, it's Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jason Bourne, it's Jesus Christ. Hello, my child. But yeah, the the entire Bourne trilogy with Matt Damon, even though the one with Jeremy Renner is still very, very, very good. I I, very good. I agree. It's like like it's a total standalone movie. You don't have to know anything about the other Jason Bourne movies. But it ties itself into it. Yes. Very well. Yeah. So. I've not seen them in a long time, so I can't really pick apart little details of them, but they are fantastic action movies, where it's not just like, ah, shoot them up, kill them, get the bad guy, get the good guy, we get the drugs, we, we bust the gang members, we got them. Explosion. Yeah. It's like actual story of like like mental stuff and like how the government's working and finding out where to go and figure out your memories and all that stuff. Especially the first one. Like, the first one was all about memories, and... A lot of the time, we knew as much as Jason did. Like we're mm. le- we're learning plot stuff along with him up until like the final conflict. Um, and I don't, like you said, I haven't watched them in many years as well, so I'm not exactly sure how the plots of the last two movies go. Um, but yeah, I gotta agree with you. Like just great mid two thousands action movies. The only other action movies I would kind of put in the same category as them are the first three Mission Impossible movies and then the Daniel Craig, James Bond, where, like, the, those are, like, the, the trifecta of, like, I guess you could say the stereotypical action movie. But for me, the Jason Bourne ones had such, like, a good trilogy story, whereas the other ones did, but they weren't as strongly connected as Jason Bourne. So yeah. that's why, for me, it's it's my, my favorite of those because... I can't really talk too too much about them, but I just like wholeheartedly believe like it's a solid trilogy. Yeah, no, hundred hundred percent. I mean, yeah. James Bond could theoretically be up here. The only issue is Quantum of Solace was a pretty bad movie, um, and they're, they're. I mean, technically, it's like individual movies starring the same actors, but it's not. And they kind of like they kind of sort of tie into each other, but not very well. So I, I, that's why I kind of didn't count those. Yeah, as a trilogy because they're not really the same. They're not really a trilogy. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I agree so. with you. Yeah, but yeah, uh, I yeah. which that's that's crazy. That I I gotta rewatch them. I don't know what streaming they're platform so they're on. Probably HBO, they, right? HBO or Netflix. Let me, let me see that real quick. Cause but they're, they're those are, those are definitely move. I think Christine's seen them maybe once or twice. Um, not recently either. Um, but those are on my watch this year list because like when you told me like hey like when we talked about it I'm like think of a list I'm like oh Jason Bourne I haven't you, seen those in so long no you forgot about the Jason Bourne Jason Bourne movie that came out in 2016 remember that 
You don't remember that? There's a st- it was like a standalone movie. Oh yeah, that one was okay. <laughs> yeah, I I really like that one though. I'm not, I've only seen I only saw that one once in theaters. I don't know where that one is. Where do you see that one? Uh, I'm looking up right now. Okay, so, yeah. the, um, at least for the Born Supremacy, which is the first one, it's Born Supremacy or Born Identity, Born Supremacy, and Born Ultimatum. Yeah. So Hulu, HBO Max, uh, Amazon Prime, but you got to rent it. Um, HBO is fine. I have HBO. I don't even remember the plot of the Bourne movie. Yeah, like, I, I just saw it once, also. Yeah. Hold on. Born Identity. No, the Bo- Born Identity was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. That's also Hulu, HBO Max. Okay, so I'm assuming they're all on Hulu and HBO, HBO. Max. Um, okay, and then And then Jason Bourne is... I forgot that one came out. <laughs> You can't get it anywhere unless you rent it. Hmm. So it's poopy. So I'm going to have to download it. Off a... A place. Website. A place that is, like, connected. You buy it. To acquisition it. Yes. Yeah. To acquire. Why did I say acquisition? It's, li- it's <laughs> Acquisition literally- Incorporated. The best D and D podcast of all time, but we're not going there. Um, that's a great series. Um, anyway, a little bit of nerd coming out of me. I got. I get excited. <laughs> so, Dungeons and Dragons was obviously inspired from like mythology and folklore and all that, but also one particular series which comes in at our number one trilogy. Of all time. Luke, will you do the honors? I'm trying to think of something really funny, like a really funny trilogy, and be like, it's this. Um, Hermie and Wormy and Friends. (laughs) (laughs) You guessed it, folks. It's The Lord of the Wings. Default street movie of Fellowship to Wing Two Towers and Return of the King. And the crowd goes wild. <laughs> oh my, Luke has convulsed to death. <laughs> <laughs> I am dead. <laughs> but dude, like Lord of the Rings, it's a flawless trilogy. Granted, the people that don't like it don't like it because it's slow. Listen, you're slow. You don't. You just, you just don't have the mind capacity to like your understand, bra- bro. Your brain needs go, 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 when you really need to sit back and relax. Yeah, there, there is no other way to watch the Lord of the Rings movies except extended edition, which I think each one is almost four hours long each. I think Return of the King is just over four hours. It could, it could be, but that's the only way to watch it. You need because they all cut the so much out. Yeah, they cut so much out. Like the original movies, I think. I think they add 45 minutes in the extended cuts to, to each movie. I believe so. That's correct. Yeah. Because you're listening, you're missing out on a lot of screen time and a lot of story in that time. And so. sometimes they add like little like battle sequences where it's like maybe 30 seconds to a battle here and there. But there's like full on scenes, like especially in the first movie of like Hobbiton 
and them getting to Moria, where there's like a, Mor- yeah. there's a solid like three minute sequence, which is just boom, it's there. So, like, yeah, you have to watch extended edition. Um, and like you were saying, a, a barrier to entry is one, it's fantasy, two, it's action, mostly, and three, they're incredibly long. So you might not have, like, the patience to sit through it and, like, digest everything. But for people that like that style, I mean, obviously, Lord of the Rings fans are some of the most loyal fans in all of history. Like, we have we have friends, the Van Patellas, who also do a podcast um, called Two, Two Brothers. Um, so I don't, I don't think they talked about Lord of the Rings yet, but they talk about other movies. Anyway, so for our friends growing up, those are the people that we would most commonly talk to about Lord of the Rings and just exchange trivia and stuff we liked about the movies as well mm-hmm. as the Vertifei family but mostly Van Patellas just because we talk to them more yeah I, I, kind of like you said before like Lord of the Rings fans are like the most diehard fans like if something comes out they're going to watch it kind of like with the new show coming out on Amazon this year granted Hobbit was okay yeah the Hobbit trilogy was eh Isolation of Smog and the Battle of the Five Armies could have been two movies so it could have been a duo movie but they just really extended it so much to the point where i'm like okay dude like make it two movies don't milk the money just make them good sure they're okay but i still watched them multiple times of course extended editions as well of course and the same thing with this new show coming out i hope it's good i hope it's better than the hobbit trilogy you can't beat the original trilogy good luck um but i hope it's good yeah, and like we were talking about casting before, like the casting for the Lord of the Rings movies, it's, it's spot on, spot on, it's stupendous. Like you have you have greats like Christopher Lee as Saruman, which you know, Christopher Lee has been in the most movies of any actor in history. You have you know Ian, Ian McKellen, McKellen, and you have like um, child actors like Sean Austin. Uh, Elijah Wood, like like actors that kind of got their rise as kids, but now they're like adults. Yeah, same thing with um, even with uh, Dominic Monaghan, he's in a good amount of movies as well. And then you have Viggo Morgenstern, who's in a decent amount of movies. He's not in a whole lot. He wasn't really a huge actor. But then you have like John Rice Davies. You have Orlando Bloom. You have Sean Bean. Like pretty like they were starting off in the Lord of the Rings, and they just like a couple of them just like exploded because of that movie and they're like like people are like that guy yeah because that, that guy in the movie that was orlando bloom's first acting like major acting role and so he went he went he went from that straight to pirates of the caribbean money a lot of money he got a lot of money in those couple of years <laughs> so much money he don't even know what to do with it all he got surgery to be an elf no, but, but like, well, watching those movies as small children, I mean, obviously, clearly we weren't allowed to see them in the theater because at the most, I was four when the first movie came out in theaters. You were, like, two and a half, three. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, and then, Can't obviously, progressed from there, 2001, 2002, 2003. Six years old tops. So there's no way we're seeing these in theaters. But going from that, when Dad bought the extended version of the movies on DVD. Like Im- immediately as well. I- immediately. Like, we just watched them on repeat. And so, these actors being cemented in our minds as these characters, seeing them in other movies, like Sean Bean being in, like, a James Bond movie, 
or or Lando Bloom being in Pirates of the Caribbean. A, you're exactly. like it's Legolas. Or no, it's a Lando Bloom. Or Do- or Dominic Monaghan who plays Mary. He's in Master and Commander as like a random deckhand. Yeah, but you're like it's Mary. Oh, and Lost. He was in Lost too. And he was in um, X Men Origins. Yeah, that's true. He was trash. <laughs> but he was in it. Uh, I guess. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but like you, you see these actors, and you're like, "That's not Sean Bean. That's not Ian McKellen. That's not Chris Ridley. It's like that's Sauron. That's Gandalf. That's Aragorn. That's whoever." Like, we were so young, and like you said, like so, like just like obsessed with Lord of the Rings, just because of what it was, and as like our first like adult movie growing up. Like that was our childhood and who we associate those people with, and that's kind of like they're kind of like ingrained in our heads as these characters just kind of reinstating what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And also, as a stepping off point from that, these movies were so pivotal to us as children. We even watched all of the behind the scenes on repeat as well. On repeat, <laughs> we couldn't get enough. So many hours, but it's all amazing stuff. Like everything from like simple model design. Or the costumes, or producing, or on-set stuff. Like, it's all fascinating. Like, knowing every little detail, like, behind the scenes. I wish there was more special features, because I would still watch them. And we, we, we even saw, like, the birth of computer generation in a high-fidelity format. Like, mm-hmm. especially once Return of the King comes along. I, obviously, everything's still a lot, you know, it's very primitive considering but like that's where Andy Serkis as Gollum kind of defined motion capture and then eventually performance capture where you get all the face muscles and everything like that he began that that is his department mm-hmm. what I think is also really really funny um, is that um, like Andy Serkis has been brought up multiple times in this podcast he was brought up in the Batman he was brought up in Planet of the Apes he was, and then he was brought up in Lord of the Rings I think we're getting to the point where Andy Serkis knows what he's doing. <laughs> and we also didn't talk about it, but he's also in the Marvel movies as a villain. That's right. Yeah, U- Ulysses Claw during uh, Ultron, and then he's in one other movie. It was might it? have been. I don't Something. know. He was he was definitely in Age. I think Age of Ultron was his debut, and then he was in a movie after that. But then he like died. Yeah, or something. And he's like he's a director. I mean, I, I gotta look up what movies he's directed because I want to say there's like one or two he's big a, ones. He's also in um, in King Kong from like 2006. Yeah, he's he, one of the as a guys. as a person, and he played Kong. Like, come on now, monkey. Andy Circus directed movies. He's in a lot of stuff, and he's done a lot of stuff. Get out of here. He directed Venom, Let There Be Carnage. Really? Yeah. I still haven't seen it. I don't blame him for that. That's that was, I didn't see it, but there was a, that was a bad movie, apparently. Yeah, he hasn't directed too, too much, um, but he's definitely a, he's a producer and, like, a helping hand on many projects. So, uh, but yeah, going back to, like, the, the digital effects for Lord of the Rings, like... There's so many things I want to say. I just don't know where to begin. But, like, The Lord of the Rings has won the most awards of any trilogy of all time. Especially Return of the King. Return of the King is the single movie that has won the most awards in the Academy Didn't Awards. Didn't it get, like, like it was, like, 15 or something like that? 13? Let me see. 
It was some absurd amount. They like, once again, Peter Jackson, Return of the King. Oh, oh, another reward, Peter Jackson. It's like just, st just stand on stage at that point when you get all the rewards. Uh, rewards? Awards. Eleven. Eleven. But, but you know, because like, you know, there's certain movies that get nominated, like nominated for Best Picture, nominated for Best Actor. Every single award that it was nominated for, so every category where it had a position in as a possibility, it won all of them. It so, just won everything. Everything. So, uh, obviously, like, maybe there was, like, say, for example, Best Soundtrack. You know, obviously some other movie won that. But if they were one of the considerations, they won it. It, like, Dude, it, insane. People who think, okay, there's a difference between people who can't get into Lord of the Rings and it's the people that say they don't like Lord of the Rings. To the people who don't like Lord of the Rings, I don't want to speak to you anymore. To the people that say it's slow and they can't get into it, I'll try to convince you otherwise. Yeah, because like, you know, it's one of those attention things where, you know, fantasy isn't everybody's cup of tea. You know, there's people out there, I'm not naming names by people who might listen to this podcast, but some people prefer romance or horror, and that's totally fine. That's fine. Totally fine. Fantasy action isn't your speed, but like they're the best movies of all time. Among the best movies of all time. Just because of the just the quality of them and all the groundbreaking stuff they that was was done during those movies. And the full on story of every single person's character arc in every single movie being so concrete like the only other move that can come kind of close granted star wars has a bunch of characters but they also have a lot of flops in movies but marvel is probably the other one where it's like you have these huge character arcs over so many movies and like a story throughout so many years i feel like marvel and like marvel overall and, and Lord of the Rings have, like, really strong... Worlds. Worlds. And Star Wars is getting there. I feel like if Star Wars can really pull through with this Kenobi, with the new Mandalorian and stuff, they can come into that. But like I said before, Star Wars has a lot of good content, but also has a decent amount of meh content. And, what, and what's so interesting is that with a lot of these longtime franchises like Star Wars... Um, and I guess Marvel, they're branching out and doing TV shows rather than full-on movies. Because obviously movies are very theatrical and they tell like a condensed quote-unquote story. But with TV shows, you can kind of expand how much time you have to, for the audience to sit down and enjoy something. And so it can tell better backgrounds of characters, of the world, just to better explain context exactly. for other events. Um, yep, like, yep. And so, with this Lord of the Rings show, obviously we're getting that context for the actual Lord of the Rings world, um, but all the fans of Lord of the Rings don't need it. We already know the context of Lord of the Rings. We already know the history. You know, even people that haven't read The Cimmerillion, which is an incredibly dry book, by the way, we still know the history of, like, what happened. We know what happens during the Second Age. We know what happens during the creation of the world and why... You know the elves kind of distanced this distanced themselves from Middle Earth and kind of went to like their own land, the Undying mm -hmm. Lands. We know that stuff. We don't need it explained in like a TV show. It's great if they do, but we don't need it. With Marvel exactly. and Star Wars, like with Star Wars, you're like, 
Oh yeah, the uh, the old Republic. You know, a thousand years ago, the Jedi were at the height of their power. We don't like know too much about that, other than like non-canon books. So it's gonna be interesting to see that if they ever explore that, or with the see? with a Kenobi show. Sorry, I, <clears throat> sorry, I don't mean to keep on going, but with a Kenobi with a Kenobi show, we know what Kenobi is doing during in between episodes three and four of Star Wars, but we get to see it now. Exactly. See, that's the thing. Is like sometimes when it comes to something like Star Wars. We want to see the in-between stuff, or we want to see what happens to as a prequel, because we know what's there overall from, like, granted, a lot of books aren't canon, canon anymore, but we know what happens during the whole timeline. But with people making these shows, they have the time and a slightly smaller budget to visually see what's actually going on, so people who aren't diehard fans understand a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. So with Star Wars, I love seeing all the in-between stuff a lot, and I love seeing Mandalorian, not Boba Fett that much. And with Kenobi, like seeing all that, even with like with uh, Rogue One, seeing how they got the Death Star plans and all that, it's gr- it's like great. I don't want to say filler episodes or filler content, but like all that filler stuff, like visualizing it. What Star Wars needs to do is get out of their baby chairs with all this modern stuff. And they need to go back in time. Either back in time or make it more gritty. Like we, Either we make it more gritty, which I don't think they'll do because it's Disney and Star Wars. But they need to go back. They need to go back to when the Jedi and the Sith were fighting like hardcore and get into that stuff. Because that's what like the diehard fans are like. Like, I want to see Darth Plagueis. I want to see all these people. I want to see Yoda in his prime. And I see young Goygon Jin and all that stuff. I want to see prequel stuff. Sure. I, I really want to see Kenobi. I'm excited for Kenobi a lot. But I want to, like, experience a new era of Star Wars. Yeah, because, like, we've we filled out kind of everything that 1, 2, and 3, 4, 5, and 6 has to offer. We have the Clone Wars animated show. We have the Star Wars Rebels TV show. Like, we have all these in-between things. We I really don't care what happens between episodes six and seven because there's like a twenty year gap or something. Who cares? I don't. Yeah, I, don't. I don't. I don't. I care. don't care. We want to see the other stuff with with the Lord of the Rings show. Tying that back in real quick, it takes place during the se- the second age, a long time ago. There it has nothing to do with Lord Literally, of the Rings. I am so excited about it because it is pre. It's like pre prequel where it's like the guts of the story like the world before the world yeah. that we know visually it's a blank canvas but we know what colors are going on the painting yes happy little trees yeah, many trees <laughs> one, one might say the trees of valinor the one white tree and the one yellow tree which provides light and goodness over the entire land you don't know about Yo that. Yo, mama. You don't know about that. You know. You, you don't know about the trees. I know about the. I know about, I know. I know the white tree. I don't know about the yellow one. We talk about yellow. Oh, I don't know. There's like there's two trees. I forget their names, but those are the trees where uh, Ungoliant, the grandmother of Shelob the spider, uh, through Melkor, which is Sauron's mentor, went up to the trees, and uh, Ungoliant sucked the sap out of the trees of life, and um, I think it ended up poisoning her but that eventually gave her like superhuman powers and birthed out a whole bunch of spiders like Shelob and so Melkor was using her to extinguish the light of the elves because he couldn't do that on his own but that's what the trees are there for and, and those trees I mean in the trailers and promotional material for the Lord of the Rings show those trees are at full blast they're at full bloom 
you know, I think I think the elves are still on Middle Earth. I don't think they've separated yet. Ooh, this is getting exciting. And so there's a there's a, a hobbit hand in the trailer. There's like different dwarves and elves. So I think Middle Earth is still kind of you know, it's still together. I don't out cuz like I don't know if the Numenorians have fallen yet. I don't know if yeah. they're if men are a thing. Because we don't know exactly what time it's taking place, we just know it's old. It's well, it's second age for sure, but we don't know exactly when. Yeah, we don't where know where in that. Yeah, because like we we know obviously basic timelines of stuff from Tolkien's writings and clarifications by his son later on, mm. but it, it's basically a canvas. We don't really know what's going to happen. I'm excited for that show. Lord of the Rings is like a box of chocolates. You don't know what you're going to get. It could be good. Could be bad. I'm, I'm really hoping it's good. I hope if it's better than The Hobbit by this much, I'll be happy with it. Yeah, me too. I just, I just want to enjoy it. Because, like, uh, I mean, we're kind of getting on a side tangent. We're not talking about trilogies anymore. But, like, the Boba Fett um, series for Star Wars kind of sucked. It got except good. For the, except for the one and a half episodes with Mando himself. Yeah, the, the last bit was okay, but the first part was like, the. And mm. and the Halo show is complete, we're not talk- completely poopy. We're- we won't talk about it. Maybe, we're not maybe, talking about that. It's not worth talking about. We we might do like a rant podcast in the future, but yeah, we can we'll- do a rant. Po- we can do a rant podcast when the first season's over. Um, although they did get confirmed for a second season, so that should be interesting. No, dude, I hate this series so much. I'm like, why can't you be good? Why I'm are you o- so I- bad? I'm only watching it to be mad. Like I'm not yeah. wa- I'm not watching it cuz I'm interested. I'm like what are they going to mess up this time? Yeah, exactly. How badly can can Paramount screw up? And, and literally there's a brief handful of moments that I think are actually okay. Like very brief and they're almost all action related. Like battles and stuff. Yeah. Everything else is just bi- I'm not going to say I'm not going to say more cuz I'll get Thank you. I don't want to get on that, but We'll probably do Not that some other, some other, some other time. But, but anyway, Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring, Two Towers, Return of the King. Incredible. Incredible. Can't beat them. They, 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 they will never be remade. Not... not. Oh, no. Man, if they, if they get remade in like 50 years, they can try. They're going to fail. Good luck. Yeah, you can't beat it. You literally can't beat... If you try to remake Lord of the Rings in any capacity... It's not going to be nearly as good. No matter how who, no matter who you get as actors, no matter who you get as a director, producer, screenwriter, or whatever. Nope, ain't happening, bud. Good nope. try. Good nope. try. It's like uh, I mean, they tried to do that with Ben Hur, like the the old nineteen sixties oh, yeah. Charlton Heston classic. They tried remaking Ben Hur like five or ten years ago, and it was just poopy. It was like, like meh. Who, who cares? You know, it's just one of those things. Um, but yeah. Deeply nostalgic, love yeah. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah, I want to talk about movies that are coming up this year, but I don't. It's probably a pretty big list, but I know there's a lot of good movies coming out this year, um, which I'm excited about. I think I feel like 2022 has a good amount of content that's pretty, pretty solid. So pretty good. Everyone be on the lookout for what's coming up because if you miss out, wah 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 wah. Make sure you get your tickets early because sometimes things will be sold out. You know, I mean, when this podcast releases, um, Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness will be out. 
Yeah. And, and uh, you know, hopefully by next podcast, maybe we'll talk a little briefly about it and our thoughts next podcast. Maybe. Um, if we have time, because we might talk about it a lot, depending on how good or mm-hmm. bad it is. But I think it's going to be good. I think I feel like it's going to be a good movie. And by the time... Um... I know you haven't seen it, but by the time this podcast comes out, I think the week after is finally when uh, Stranger Things Season 4 comes out, which I've been waiting for for, like, over two years now. I haven't. So I saw, be... like, one episode. Sean Austin's in it. I know. He was know. in the second season. Honestly, a lot of people... Stranger... Okay, quickly. Stranger Things is really... has a weird feel weird fan base to it where there's a lot of people who are like die hard die hard stranger things fans and like they're they won't shut up about it and then it's like also at the same time where it's like hard to get into it's really odd um for me i think christine and i were like oh because like it was just when the second season came out and christine are like oh let's just like watch the stranger things show looks kind of interesting we binged the entire first season in like two days Wow. I went to her house, I think, on, like, a Friday night. We watched, like, four or five episodes, and I went back Saturday morning. We finished the first season. I'm like, oh, this is really cool, because it's got, like, that sci-fi, sci-fi thriller, horror feel to it, but yeah. also, like, you know, with the characters and stuff, are really good. Also has a lot of D&D in it, which is kind of cool. Uh, but I think that Stranger Things is one of those shows where, like, if you haven't seen it, it's really not that long of a series. It's, like... Right now, it's only three seasons, and I think it's maybe thirty episodes. Are they not... are, are they like feature length? Like are they like forty five minutes each? Yeah, they're for like forty oh. forty five. Okay, so it's not too too long, and I think season four is their last season. I believe, I think. Don't quote me on that, but it's one of those shows where like if you haven't seen it, it's definitely worth it. Cause it first of all, it's not you know wicked long, and also it's got a really good like sci-fi spooky feel to it mm-hmm. and whatnot but i recommend it i try to recommend it to people because i do think that it is good it's very good maybe i'll give it another shot who knows but uh it's one of those things where you have to sit down and just like because it takes two episodes for stuff to really kick off and then when it kicks off it's like ooh what's what's going on like what's happening how is that getting there how is this happening like it's gotcha good. okay it's good i definitely i definitely like it i've only seen it through once because i feel like once it's done that's when i'll go back and then rewatch them all mm-hmm. again makes but sense definitely worth it if you have if, if you have for people listening if you have nothing to watch and you're like i gotta watch something or like you're like kind of like i'm moseying along this anime or this other show whatever this is a good show to sit down for an evening and just watch. Mm-hmm. But I recommend. Stranger Things, it's on Netflix. And, yes. Uh, everything's on there. Yes. Do it. Do it now. Do it now. I command you. Yo, mama. And your mama, she likes a lot this show. And she does. She does. She's the one who comments and likes and subscribes and follows and rings the bell, just like you should. If we can get a couple people to follow and ring that bell, it would be kind of nice. Please ring the bell. Ring it for us. Give us attention and love. 
Ding ling ling ring that bell. Gotta ring those bells. Oh, Mr. Mr. Spoon. So rusty. I had uh, one of my coworkers the other day. He's like, hey, Caleb, I got a weird question for you. I'm like, hey, what's up? He's like, I don't know if this is, probably, this is kind of weird, but do you play Dungeons and Dragons? And I'm like, yeah, like I'm a DM. And he's like, yeah. And then he started going off. He's like, yeah, I used to play with my friends, but there's not enough time now because I'm an adult. And I'm like, dude, same. Like, I was so heavy into RPGs. I made RPGs for my family. <laughs> yeah. Thing is, like, Dungeons and Dragons is like, so you have an afternoon. Do you have six hours? Because yeah. it's not a thing you just pick up and do it. It's like you have to plan like a week or two in advance. And it's especially, it's especially hard now. I mean, even if you do it on a weekend, like you have to have everyone come in on their computers and FaceTime in and have all their papers in front. Either papers or you have to have like a program up in front of you. And it just gets so complicated as adults oh, now. Yeah. A lot of work. Yeah. So I, I envy the people where they have enough free time where they can go to a gaming store, find a, play. a group to regularly play with at the store. Yeah. Like, man. <laughs> uh, but there, that, that's, that's when it's like a whole different level of hobby. It's not just you play. It's like, I have dedicated time for this thing. That's how I feel with like most gaming hobbies in general. Like... Warhammer or Magic the Gathering, where you have to set aside time. It, it, it even goes for like any hobby to begin with. Like, if you, it's a hobby of yours, you're gonna put away time for certain, you know, certain days where you just go out and do whatever. Whether it be, you know, for playing Dungeons and Dragons, for playing airsoft or paintball, for snowboarding, for car stuff, for frisbee, for whatever. Like, if it's a hobby, you're gonna set aside time to go do it. Yeah. Oh, 100 percent. So. So. It just depends on how high up the chain it is for your hobbies. I have a lot of hobbies, but I don't necessarily have enough time to go through them all. Time for a certain, yeah, for a certain hobby, yeah. I feel that. I get, if you Although, what? This, this is a quick side tangent. Um, I'll send you a link. Um, my new hobby I want to do is downhill mountain biking. <laughs> and, dude, there's a place... Like, not even a half an hour from here, it's a full-blown mountain with bike lifts. Bro. Yeah, and they're, like, like groomed, like, biking trails. You're gonna downhill. die. You're gonna die. Dude, it looks sick. Well, like, like, you know how the rail trail is in Connecticut? Yeah. It's, like, they have, like, green trails and blue trails and black trails, so it's, like, a ski slope. But, like, the, the green trails are, like, super easy. Mm. But, like, they still have, like, you know, they're, there's, like... The easy trail where it's like you kind of just go down the mountain and you do like slow turns all the way down. Yeah. And then there's green trails. They have like small little embankments and tiny little bumps and stuff. So I'm like, you know, go for like if I really get into it, I'll obviously invest into it. But I can literally go take my bike. I have to get just a full like, you know, like those dirt bike full helmets or whatever. Yep. They say that is the one requirement is one of those helmets just because, you know, Safety. legal reasons. Yeah. But, like, if I just, Christina, because even Christine wants to do it. If we just get those helmets, maybe check out, make sure our, our brakes are good. Piece of cake. Easy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Dude, it looks, I've been watching videos. Oh, 
Dude, it looks so much fun. So much fun. <laughs> we were when we were visiting you guys a couple months back. We were just watching. We were watching like you know bikers go down those kind of trails, and it was looked freaking awesome, but also just and, crashes. Oh yeah, <laughs> and there's crashes. Oh yeah, tons. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that one video spiked my interest in it because I didn't really think it was a thing. Because obviously you know there's like cycling and and mountain biking all this stuff, but just like downhill riding, I think that video like sparked that in my head. I'm like. This has got to be a thing. So I just like kind of like found it on YouTube by accident. I'm like, oh my god, I I fell in love with it immediately. I'm like, this is sick, so cool. Cause it's got like that biking element, which I love biking, but it's got that like extra adrenaline of like going down the mountain. Mm-hmm. So if you see GoPro videos at some point, <laughs> it'll be Luke. Yep. Let's but Christine go. and I, we we do want to go. We're probably going to try to go at least once this year, maybe twice. Um. To see if we really, really enjoy it, and then if we really like it, we might invest in it down the road. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got like a really like how snowboarding and skiing are. This is tangent off movies, but it's like the same thing with with, with like um, like ski passes and stuff, where like you have a season's pass from April to October, and you can go on you know most weekdays and all weekends. So, or you can just buy a day ticket. Yeah, makes sense. So. It looks a lot. It looks like a lot of fun. It looks super cool. I'll send you a video, and you can be like, mm. I'll, "I'll I'll support you all the way." That I mean, that sounds like a blast. Uh, if you guys come up to Maine, though, dude, no, honestly, like I would, I would try it. I would do it. It looks so much fun. I'd send you a video. You're gonna be like, "What?" <laughs> I never knew it was a thing. I never knew, and I'm like, my mind is blown. This is awesome. Yeah, and there's tons of like hobbies like that popping up too, because like. You know, ten years ago, spike ball wasn't a thing, and now they have like world championships. Oh yeah! So it's it's all that kind of stuff. Um, all right, let's uh, let's let's close it out, guys. Thank you for watching and or listening to the show. This has been Caleb and Luke Soderberg talking about the best trilogies of all time. And if you agree with us to some extent, leave a comment. If you don't agree and you have some other trilogy that we might have forgotten about that you like, leave a comment down below. If you're on Spotify. Go to YouTube and leave a comment. Everywhere. Everywhere that there is is where we are. And click that like button because it doesn't do anything for you. It does something for the algorithm so we get noticed because we need attention so bad. I I really like the notification that pops up on YouTube where it's like, so-and-so liked your video. And I'm like, they watched the show. My heart feels warmth for once in my life. This is the only thing in my life that gives me joy. <laughs> a simple like, simple one bath chorus, like the video. Joe <laughs> Mama likes. <laughs> okay, <gotta> stop. What? <laughs> I don't. I was singing a song. It's a real song. Okay. I I, I believe you. <laughs> you, you sounded str- on tune too much for it to be like a made up song. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a second, Luke. Are you musically gifted? No. No, I just like to say words, and then the words have a thing that happen. They happen out of my mouth. Yeah. Ah. Oh, my. Well, before we get any more weird, uh, thank you for tuning in once again, everyone. Catch us in two more weeks. Don't know what we're going to talk about, but hey, that's the joy of the show sometimes is, you know, we just talk about random stuff sometimes. Yeah, that's how we do it down here in the neighborhood. <laughs> gang gang Yo this gang should be called Do you smell bacon? Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. <gasps>
Oh my goodness. What? My buddy Joey. Hold on, I have to show you this. He's a car guy at work. Good friend. He just sent me. So, um, big overview really quickly. In Japan, they sell K-trucks, and K-trucks are basically, like, really small vehicles for everyday use. They're, like, smart cars, but, like, in car form, SUV form, van form. This dude sent me a Daihatsu K-truck fire truck. No way! Dude, it's like, hold on, this isn't... It's fine, it's just the brightness. Holy cow, dude! Dude, it's like a freaking, like... I see it. That's, yeah. That's lit. Like, it's a small fire truck. I'm like, holy moly, if I had six grand to play around with, I would 100% buy that. <laughs> Just for funsies. Just for, like, your kid. I've always wanted, like, a K truck because, like, they're, like, 50 horsepower, maybe. But they're, like,. Just fun little drive around legal cars. Like they don't, they go like 45 miles an hour, but they're so cool. Holy cow, dude. 